All right, Claire. All earthly things with earth will fade away, but prayer grasps eternity. But I'm convinced of this, God does not hear prayer. He hears desperate prayer. Prayer is not a position, whether you need. Prayer is not a position, it's a disposition. You get to the place where you'd rather sweat, you'd rather weep in his presence than laugh in anybody else's presence. You'd rather God whisper a secret into your heart that breaks you. And somebody give you the prizes that all the world covets. Prayer is almost the greatest human privilege that we have. Before we get into our message this morning, I have a very important announcement to share with all of our LOH family. Next Sunday morning, October 11th, will be our first indoor service. And so we have some very important information we need to share with you about that today. October 11th, 10 a.m. will be our first indoor service. What we need from you to do is reserve a seat. If you will go to our website, myloh.church slash seats, that's plural, seats, all the information about our indoor service will be there. You go there and reserve your seat, very easy. You just click the reservation, put your name, your email first, and immediately we'll send the ticket out to you. Why do we do it this way? We need to in order to uh, make it as safe enjoyable, as comfortable, and as healthy as possible. We're going to follow the Maryland guidelines. Our board met together and made a decision on that. You must bring your mask along as well. We are looking forward to seeing as many of you as possible. If you make your reservation, it helps us to uh, organize the room the best we can to meet all social distance requirements and keep us all safe and healthy and have an enjoyable time. We hope to see you next Sunday morning, October 11th, 10 a.m., so make your reservation now. We're going to get into God's Word today and finish our series, It's Time to Pray. I was thinking to myself, I don't know about you, but I've, I've heard testimonies of people who claim to have had an after-death or near-death experience. And in some cases, they said they went to heaven and saw Jesus, and others said that Jesus gave them a message. Now, I'll be the first to tell you, um, I'm doubtful and skeptical about a lot of those things, but I don't, not to the point that I don't believe that there could possibly be somebody or a few who have actually had something like that happen. But regardless of that, I was thinking as I was putting this message together, what would it be like if you or if I actually went to heaven and saw Jesus and then came back here, sent back here? How would it change your life? How would it change your prayer life? Well, that will probably never happen. The odds of us having an experience like that are basically zero. Now, there is somebody who has been to heaven and came here, and he's telling us how to pray. Jesus actually said in the Gospel of John, if I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe, 
How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? In other words, I could do that. For no one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. So, Jesus came from heaven. He came from his Father's house. He came from his Father's side. And he's telling us how to pray. In other words, if you pray like Jesus says to pray, you can shoot an arrow in the air and have it stick. The Lord's Prayer. That's what we call it. But to me, I think more accurately, it should be called the Disciples' Prayer because Jesus gave it to us as a model and it covers all the bases. And why is this important? Well, the Apostle John tells us, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know he hears us, then we have confidence that whatever we ask shall be granted. Isn't that awesome? Jesus teaches us how to pray. So let's go to Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 8, and let's look and see what he says. Verse 8, Jesus says, For your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Now, listen to the words of the risen Son of God from his Sermon on the Mount. Now, I would like, as these words come up on the screen, would you join me right now and pray the Lord's Prayer with me to get started? Here we go. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The Lord's Prayer. It, it can be easily committed to memory. Quotes at weddings, funerals, mass, Protestant churches. But you know, sadly, it can be said and prayed from an empty heart with no more meaning from that heart than some repetitiously say the Pledge of Allegiance without meaning. Or uh, as I listened to baseball growing up, I would always hear the announcer, every broadcast cannot be reproduced without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Or as the Seinfeld crew would say, yada, 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 right? But Jesus said, Jesus told us not to pray meaningless, repetitious prayers, but friend, this prayer is not meaningless. And it should be prayed repetitively, but with great meaning. It's not a for Catholics only prayer or for nominal Christians only. It's a prayer for all God's people to pray given to us by Jesus himself. And it can be memorized and it should be meditated upon. 
And I pray today that in the presence of our Father, that the Holy Spirit will spend the rest of this time and begin today and in the days to come to unlock the power of this prayer, melting our hearts concerning its meaning and illuminating our minds to know the intimacy and the majesty of our Father in heaven. You know what I was thinking too? We can teach this prayer to our children, teach our children to pray. When I was thinking about that, it reminded me of a story I read about a children's church worker who asked all of the kids in her class to write a prayer and then turn it into her so she could pray that prayer with them as the week went by. And she opened up the first one and it said, it was a little girl, and she said, God, I have scary dreams at night. Do you know why? Or should I ask the devil? (laughs) And a little boy wrote, God, my turtle died. I guess he's with you. If so, he likes lettuce. Let's pray like little kids. Straight, honest, open, transparent, really believing that God will hear. So what is this prayer and why should we take it to heart and pray it the rest of our days? Well, Jesus said, this is the way you should pray. Pray in this manner. He didn't just mean just pray these words, but pray like this. What is the meaning of this prayer? It's a daily prayer. And it's a daily prayer, first of all, of adoration. When you pray, say, Our Father. Every born again son, every born of the Spirit daughter, all of the blood-washed, Spirit-birthed family of God, When you pray, say, our Father. Only those under the blood of Jesus, only those who come to the cross can enter into the Lord's house as sons and daughters. No one else. Jesus said so. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. But everyone's welcome. But there's only one way to come. Through Jesus. Remember the parable of the great banquet? And the master of the banquet looks and he sees someone without a wedding garment. He said, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding garment? So when Jesus said, when you pray, who is the you? The you are the followers. Those who have the spirit of the Father in their heart. Who have access by one spirit to the Father in the name of Jesus through prayer. It's a daily prayer of adoration, a family prayer. My granddaughter Juju's been at the house this past week, and every morning when Juju comes through our door each morning, there she is with this big grin. When my grandson Graham sees me and I see him, our faces light up. He grins from ear to ear, and now he's calling me Pacha. And as soon as that happens, my heart lights up, and I think, well, we're about to have a time child of God, the door is open. Come on in. A daily prayer of adoration. Our Father. Next, it's a daily prayer of magnification to reveal the honor of God. Hallowed be your name. Ravi Zacharias said about this prayer, the purpose of this prayer is not to make you number one in the world's eyes, but to make him number one in your life. Hallowed be your name. In other words, we're saying, 
Grant me the power and the passion to live out my day-to-day making you known, making your name famous, making your awesomeness revealed, not by what I say only, by, by how I act. A daily prayer of magnification, not just in the closet of prayer or in the cloister of church. God didn't call us to be a bunch of monks that glorify God only in the monastery. We are to use our voices more in the closet than in the crowd, but reveal his character in the crowd and in the crowd of characters, in the crowd of crazy and chaotic, in the crowd of the consecrated, the workplace, every place. Jesus said it like this, you're here to be light. Bring out the God colors in the world. He's not a secret to be kept. Go public with this as a city on a hill. Keep open house, be generous with your life. By opening up others, you'll prompt people to open up to our generous Father in heaven. A daily prayer. Father, help me to act and react in a manner that displays your awesome character. Now Isaiah said, and then Paul also using Isaiah's words said, that there are times when the people of God get too big in their britches and start judging people's ungodliness, but then actually live ungodly themselves. Isaiah said it. Paul said it. Paul said, you who say don't steal, do you steal? You who say don't commit adultery, do you commit You who hate idol worship, do you rob God's temple? As the scripture says, Isaiah, God's name is blasphemed among the unbelievers because of you. What a difference it might make if in the morning our daily prayer is one of magnification that says, help me to magnify your character in my day-to-day without words, but by what I do and what I don't do. Hallowed be your name. But it's also a prayer of dedication. It's a daily prayer of dedication to reveal his rule and right. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Friedrich Buchner in his book, Whistling in the Dark, whistling in the dark. He says it takes guts to really pray this prayer. We're asking God to be God. We're asking God to do not what we want, but what God wants. We're asking God to make manifest the holiness that is now mostly hidden to set free in all its terrible splendor the devastating power that is now mostly in restraint. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Buchner says, and if that were suddenly to happen, what would happen? What would stand and what would fall? Who would be welcomed in and who would be thrown the heck out? That's what he said. <laughs> Which of any of our most precious visions of what God is and of what human beings are would prove to be more or less on the mark or as phony as a $3 bill. Guts indeed. Listen, to pray this prayer is to invite the tiger out of the cage. 
To pray this prayer is to unleash a power that makes atomic power look like a warm breeze. We can't pray that for the world before praying that for our own life. Father, please rule my life the way you wish to rule it. Lord, intervene in the affairs of my world. Intervene in the affairs of the world in a way that will bring about greater increase of your will being done than mine and than others, than ours. What we've looked at so far in this prayer, the first part, we're facing a God, our Father, who is all-powerful. The theological term is omnipotent. Then we shift into the second part of this prayer and we focus not on the omnipotence of God but the impotence of us apart from God. First of all, in this prayer, we then shift to a recognition of a daily prayer of dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. God, my only spiritual life comes from you. I need you every hour. I need you every day. I need your word. I need the fresh flowing water of the Holy Spirit. I need your wisdom. I need your grace. It's a prayer of dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus said, man can't live on physical bread alone, but we can't live without it. We can't live alone on it. And he wasn't just referring to bread. He was just referring to everything in the world. He was referring to the governments of the world. He was referring to the leaders of the world. He was referring to all of it. Man can't live on bread alone. Man can't live on government alone. There is a place for government. The Bible tells us all about it in the best government. The best government is when the government and the governed establish it under the biblical definitions of what good government is in the eyes of God. If it's not, it reminds me of what Ronald Reagan said one time. The scariest words you can hear is when someone comes and knocks on your door and says, hi, we're from the government and we're here to help you. We are called to put our trust in the provision of God who judges the whole world in righteousness and justice. We need our spiritual bread and we need our physical bread. And friend, we need bread to pay the bills. But God isn't obligated to provide for all our wants, but he promises, he promises to meet all our needs. But I want you to notice something about this prayer. Notice This wasn't the first issue Jesus said to bring up in prayer, our needs. Notice that. Also notice it's not the only thing we're to mention in prayer, our needs. And also notice it's under the rule of the king that we come to ask with expectance to have our needs met. Because Jesus says everywhere else, and including in the sermon, seek first my Father's rule over your life, kingdom, and all these things shall be added. One of those things is the tithe. The Bible says the tithe belongs to the Lord. The first 10% is his. Actually, the whole 100% is his. But by faith, proving our trust, proving he rules, 
all things in our life. The first 10% belongs to him. And then we get to do whatever with the rest, right? Wrong. No. It's the rest of our life that we don't present under the rule of God that gets all of our life in trouble. So we ask independence. God, I'm leaning on you for everything. The greatest security comes to the heart of those who have relinquished all authority, all control, all control in prayer over to the one who rules and reigns in the heavens and on the earth. It brings so much peace to my heart to know that when he rules over everything in my life, he is responsible to keep in his care everything and everyone in my life. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm dependent on you. It's also a daily prayer of independence. Dependence, not our independence. It's a daily prayer of granting independence. Forgive us. Listen, this prayer isn't saying, God, please forgive all my sins today. Wrong. This prayer says, forgive me like I forgive others. Jesus is digging us. Jesus is digging in. Jesus is messing with us in this prayer model. Did you catch that? I caught that. In other words, he says, pray like this. Lord, I don't expect any more mercy and forgiveness from you to me than I give out today to everyone else. Or or like this. Lord, I don't expect any more forgiveness toward my life than I extend toward those who offend me today. I'm going to grant independence before I walk out the door in advance to everyone. I told you it's a part of dependence, right? This is not a selfish prayer. This is a servant prayer. In other words, Lord, by your grace, I'm going out there today like you did, carrying the cross. And here's the other thing I think is interesting. Notice, of all the things this prayer mentions, of all the things this prayer mentions, Jesus only comes back and adds an addendum to one portion. It's not about the bread. It's about this. After he's finished the prayer, immediately he comes back and he says, and when you pray, make sure you forgive the faults of others so that your Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you withhold independence, emancipation, forgiveness, release, if you withhold that from others, Here's a promise. Your father withholds it from you. That's a promise, just like the other promises. Now, he's already told the crowd earlier, love your enemies in a real practical way, in a real personal way. Settle matters quickly instead of posting them on social media in a passive-aggressive manner, making every one of your friends think you're talking about them and the person you're really talking about doesn't get a clue. Go out daily, go out with an attitude of heart that is willing to grant independence to anyone who might offend me in this day and grant them independence, emancipation before they even do it, just like God does when he sends rain in the morning or sun 
to those who later in that day won't give him the time of day. Wild, huh? We're not even finished. There's more. Pretty good prayer. Model. It's also a daily prayer for cooperative protection. There isn't a place in that prayer that mentions me. It always mentions us. Our and us. Our Father. It's always a collective. Our Father. It's always a community. Give us this day. Forgive us our debts. And this one. Lead us not. Deliver us from evil. Cooperative protection because once again, Jesus is digging here. We come before him daily in the morning and we say, Lord, as we, it's, it's knowing something. As we go our way today, your way, not our way. As we, as we go under the kingdom of God reigning, we know the enemy is going to offer us the easy way, the selfish way, the sinful way, the skeptical way, and he's going to tempt us. So Lord, lead us not into that temptation. In other words, Father, when we are under the attack that comes from going upstream in a downstream world, deliver us from the evil one. Father, as we're walking through the streets of dead souls, releasing dead spirits, in this world with devils filled, as Martin Luther wrote, in our mighty fortress is our God. Deliver us from the evil one. LOH Church, I want to thank you as your pastor for praying and for fasting last week. I hope that you learned from that that it is something that needs to be, and you probably now want to be, a more regular part of your Christian walk with God. I encourage you to continue. Friends, we have to pray fervently right now because the days are revealing to us dire consequences unfolding. We must pray. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. We offer all this to our Father each day in the morning. And we can realize that we can walk in a power not our own under the shadow of the Almighty. We can go out under the Lord's prayer. And finally, it's a daily prayer of faith-filled confession. I love this. For thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, thine is the glory forever. Amen. What a way to end a daily prayer and then go out and start your day. In the world, 
with our heads in the right place, our hearts with the proper focus. Yours is the kingdom, really. Yours is the power, really. Yours is the glory, really and forever. Amen. There was a king in the Old Testament who wasn't a Jewish king. He was a pagan king. His name was Nebuchadnezzar. You can read this story in Daniel chapter 4. He was king over the entire world of that day. He went from building an image of gold of himself, listen, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, solid gold. And he forced, under penalty of death, if you disobeyed, he forced everyone to bow down and worship at his flippant command. And he went from that, he went from that attitude, listen, are you still listening? This is kind of important right here, this part. He went from that to a terrible, yet purifying, humbling, by the hand of God Almighty. A seven-year bout with insanity, sent by God on him. After those seven years, you read what he says at the end of chapter four. Same man, changed life. King Nebuchadnezzar, to the nations and peoples of every language who live in the earth, may you prosper greatly. Listen. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the most high God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty his wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom. His dominion endures from generation to generation. Jump ahead to the 34th verse. At the end of that time, he, he, he went from verse uh, 3 for the next 31 verses telling the story of how he fell from a great height of pride in lunacy, literally, laying in the grass like a wolf in the field for seven years. Read it. The Bible's interesting. At the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, ra raised my eyes toward heaven and my sanity was restored. You listening? Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. His dominion is an eternal dominion. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he, listen, he does as he pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? At the same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor were returned to me for the glory of my kingdom. See, God isn't against blessing people. My advisors and nobles sought me out, and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, can you imagine? Can you, come on. Can you imagine God doing something like this in the world today? Cody? Now I praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to 
humble before you think of a political figure. Think about your own stuff. Our stuff. Just think about yourself. We don't know what we think we know even when we know more than most. Knowledge puffs up. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. He does whatever he wants to do. He is in control even if the mountains shake and crumble into the sea. The church in the book of Acts knew this. A maniac ruled Rome. The Pharisees and Sadducees had arrested some of the apostles and literally murdered James. Threw him from the wall and beat his head in with a mallet. Had Simon Peter in prison. An angel got him out. He went to the church, they gathered together and they prayed, God, don't get us out of here, but stretch forth your hand and show this world how powerful and great you are and help us to have boldness to exalt the name of Jesus. We pray daily and we finish that prayer with a faith-filled confession. Yours, this one, number, yours is the kingdom. Your, no matter what, yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory forever. Folks, there's a lot of boats that are about to sink, but the gospel ship will float just like Noah's ark. Get in the ark. Amen? Do you agree with that? This is shaking me up. Or are we believers who still act like we're the boss and they, we rule our life, we definitely rule over the weak. We look down on others with haughty eyes and a proud look and God hates it. He sees us, he knows. Do you know what? When Peter knew that the empire of Rome was crumbling, in his second to last letter, you know what he said? He said, judgment will start with the house of God. Not the White House, not the House of Representatives. Let's judge ourselves so we won't be judged. Intimacy, majesty, complete and total humility, dependence, emancipating others who will offend us, before they do, a man. You can't, you can't, hey, we can, we can stand in a room in a church in a monastery, our father, our hand, blah, 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 and it is yada, yada, yada. Or, and man, if there is ever a time to really get a clue, to not look up in the beautiful blue sky and think the sky's blue, friend, the sky is red, and it's in the morning. Red sky and morning, sailors take, wake up, get your gear ready to be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Those who are wise will win many to righteousness during these kind of days and will in eternity shine like the stars in the heavens. I want us to close 
with our hearts before him, with the prayer that God has now unfolded to us, that when we pray, we can have confidence he hears. And if we have confidence he hears, we know that he will answer according to his wisdom, his understanding, his ways, his authority, his purpose for the nations of the world. Will you pray this with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive others their trespasses. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, yours is the power, yours is the glory forever. Amen.